Hello and welcome back to another episode of the TF Cast. I'm your host, Willis. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Zach here. It's March 16th, 2022. And I'm Jacob Bases. Today I am delighted to present Abby. And uh, we're going to talk about the makerspace and your kind of journey through that place and how you got into woodworking and teaching there. So Abby, uh, take it away. Um, tell us a little bit. Yeah, well, I'm also excited to be here. Thank you, guys. Uh, yeah, so my name is Abby. Um, I'm from Mankato and just moved back almost two years ago. Uh, and so coming back into Mankato, I had a little bit of wood turning under my belt from the it's the school up near Morris, the Milan Arts Village School. It's like a smaller maker space of sorts. Um so I learned wood turning there, and then as I made my way back to Mankato, I was keeping an eye out for that. But then what actually got me into the makerspace was um, a piece of bird's eye maple, and then uh, two stitches later on in my middle finger, because um, <laughs> I was working at a friend's shop, and Don Darling came in to trade for some bird's eye maple. Um and then in exchange for that from my friend, he offered to teach me turning classes. Um, and so last winter, I started going down to the makerspace um, to turn with Don. And my first time there, we were cutting a piece on the bandsaw, and I thought it was off. It was not. <laughs> and then uh, I nicked my finger, and Don ended up taking me to the hospital and waiting for me. It was pretty minor, but it's an important detail uh, of getting into the makerspace because Everybody was patient as I dealt with it, and Don helped me. Um, and then I just uh, kept going back there because they showed to be just like super welcoming to me. Um, so that's how I got started going to the makerspace last year. Sure. Uh, for the completely uninitiated, um, what is the, the process of turning? Yeah, so uh, turning happens. So this is wood bowl turning is what I'm doing on the wooden lathe. There's also metal lathes, which are a lot bigger. Um, but pretty much the lathe will run from like 600 RPMs up to like 2400 RPMs. And it's uh, got your blank of wood or whatever you choose to be turning that's glued up. Um, and as it's turning, you're cutting across and shaping. So it's a lot of like bowls or spindles. Uh, candle holders um and that's the act of turning on either like fresh wood or stuff that's been dried um so like those spindles on that chair were probably turned <laughs> oh sure yeah yes there's a chair off camera <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you see it so it's a little i was like more round woodworking of sorts have you done is so is this uh like a, a focus of your woodworking or are you experienced with some other styles or is this kind of where you've where you've done most of your wood wood shop stuff yeah um it was my entry into it and mm -hmm. now it's what i'm most involved in mm -hmm. teaching which i know we'll get to um yeah. but i also work at a cabinet shop right now um and did some oh, home cool. remodeling last year so i've also gotten to see that bit of home projects as well as right now building cabinets assembling them and then we install them so uh now like right now i feel like i'm in this space of just learning all the different pockets of woodworking that i can to then see later on what's kind of fun to create so what what does the makerspace offer for someone 
like you with that with your interests and, and and that sort of thing. I think the biggest part has been the people that are around there, like getting to know those that also teach or are there frequently, but also people who've now come in as students or even like musicians when there's events. That's been I think a huge part of me feeling more connected to Mankato. Um and also feeling encouraged to keep making. So I think the the people and getting to know one another is a big space there. Um, and then also getting to play around with what other things could be made. You know, so I do a lot of wood bowl turning. Um, but then there's a lot of things you could do in the finishing room to a wooden bowl. or um, That, I think, is kind of the next bit for me, too, is seeing what else you could add or other ways you could collaborate with like ceramics or like I tried spinning on the ceramics wheel because I was like yeah yeah, I might be able to do this and then I I mean I still have a lot I think to learn of ceramics because it's totally different than wood turning um but I think with the people and then yeah more chance to explore other things too that's been something that's kind of uh grown through your experience there like when when you talk about um you know moving over from like just starting there to teaching, like was that motivation you found through working at the makerspace, or was that um, something that you had already always kind of wanted to get into? I think a huge part of wanting to teach was feeling grateful for those that had welcomed me into woodworking or had been mentors to me in other forms of art. Like I had the you know seventy year old retired professor teach me knitting, and so. I uh, have felt lucky over the past couple of years to have some really important mentors in my life. And Don Darling was one of them too. So when he passed away uh, last summer, there was kind of that chance too to reflect on like how much it meant that he just kind of took me on and kept teaching me. Um, and that that was something that I could also bring back to the space um, along with Jeff, who I teach with made it a lot more possible. So I didn't, plan to end up teaching there so soon um but with working with jeff and then kind of feeling encouraged to get the lathes going again it kind of just kept growing on itself this year um but now that i've had the chance to teach i learned i really love it (laughs) because uh i think it also challenged me to learn a lot more and then also feel a lot more confident in my craft even though i've only been doing it three years maybe Sure. What what is the you know like the average person who's coming into like this as a complete beginner? What like what are they just looking to like do something with wood or like see what's out there? Like what are, what is typically the thing that draws them to the lathe? It's a good question. Um, I think some people come into it wanting to do a specific project eventually. Um, some have come because they used to turn with their dad or. Uh, another friend and now you know they want to pull that blank out again from 20 30 years ago so some it's kind of re-exploring if they can do something they did in shop class Um, and I think that's what's kind of nice about offering just a beginner class to this tool that seems very intimidating at first but once you're on it a lot of people have found comfort Um, so I think it's also a nice tool to get into woodworking at large Um, because if you're like well I can handle that tool maybe I want to mess around with some of this other stuff but everyone kind of has been coming to class with different 
motivations. Um, but some of it is to build on like previous experience and see if they can do it again. Hmm. Or just, uh, also people have watched a lot of YouTube videos on turning and then want to <laughs> see if they can do it on their own. Oh, sure. And a lot awesome. of people can. <laughs> like, it's, it's awesome. I mean, I want to talk for a moment about the awesomeness that is the maker space. Like that's kind of like you could watch a YouTube video on almost anything and you'd be like immediately upset because you couldn't do it. But like if you just went to the maker space, you probably could. I mean, with the amount of tools and kind of like you could you could do some welding there. You could do pottery. You can do like they've got CNC stuff. You can do bowl turning. You can do it's amazing. It'd honestly be kind of hard to figure out what they don't have if I had to try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I think to like each department or all the teachers involved in each one are so good at welcoming people in at any point that you come in. So even if you've been doing it for a couple years or you're just getting started, uh, you're always able to find your place there and um, grow from that. And so I like that, like for our lathe class, it's not like a you're going to produce five bowls by the end of the night and that's the goal and they're going to be perfect. It's more like, hey, come on in. Like, if this scares you, that's fine. Like, we're just hoping to show you tools, the process, and then the hopes that we could encourage people to come back and keep learning if they like it. Or sometimes Jeff says, like, you might find you don't like it and that's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's a, a chance to explore it and uh, then if you like it, we're right there for you and... Some people now are getting to a point where they will be able to do it on their own, which I also love because then you can find your own way you want to do it. Someone's getting like does a lot of resin work and is really excited to try some like resin and wood projects, um, not just the logs that we're always working on. I, I was there the other day and I saw someone doing something with like these oil, oil infused bowls too mm-hmm. that they were turning. And wow, that was amazing. It kind of like see through uh, and glow. It, yeah. So cool what you can do with that. That's yeah. Awesome. Leif and Tyler have been like soaking their bowls in mm-hmm. oils and then it makes it this like translucent. And uh, I had never seen that before. Yeah. But it was, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Those, I'm sure they'll just shine once they get a good finishing yeah. coat on them. Yeah. Wow. It's awesome. I mean, and uh, those two, those two have been. I just got a membership. Um, I'm very excited about it. Cool place. Those two have been really helpful for me when, since I showed up. Um, Tyler right away was showing me all kinds of like how to how to use different tools or just giving me a little walkthrough on some basic stuff. And uh, yeah, it, it's been a great experience. And I I waited too long to join, but I'm glad to be a <laughs> member now. So. He has been talking about it like as long. I've been playing with each other like five years or something, and then I think that uh, that that's been a regular point of conversation. It's even been mentioned on the podcast before. Probably. <laughs> 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 that's probably like because we've talked about the makerspace a little bit, but uh, yeah, it's becoming an awesome like pillar of the kind of creative creator community too. Like, um, I've seen some awesome stuff come out of there from like just members and from people who are instructors and. Dust, Dustin Sawyer's amazing work. and Yeah. Um, what got you to, like, how did it line up now that you joined? It was the, it was the home renovation yeah. project. Yeah, yeah. Like, 
before I wanted to go and then I wanted to do like one little thing. I wanted to cut a couple boards or yeah, do something else. And now I'm, now I'm a homeowner and we're doing a home renovation project and having access to all those tools is amazing. Like we were able to, we, uh, brief context on the project uh we were making cabinet handles doing a little bit of routing table sawing and miter sawing none of which i have so going to the makerspace solved all the problems and made it really mm-hmm. easy it was wonderful mm-hmm. yeah it's awesome uh, for for you what has the thing the thing been that uh has has pushed your craft further like what is the, what is the thing that you're producing now that is what you aspired to previously yeah it's a great question <laughs> <laughs> um i think that for me it's been able to for me being able to make bowls comfortably on my own and be able to troubleshoot something on the lathe has kind of been a part of the process that I was missing for a little bit where I had, um, you know, I had learned how to do wood bowl turning. I was farming for a couple summers in Litchfield and there was a shop teacher who let us turn with him, but it was always under this, um, someone else kind of knew how to handle when there was a problem. And so then, especially in this last year teaching, um, and then spending more time on it, it's been a lot more of not having the perfect piece of wood anymore and figuring out how to work with that or understand that it's not going to end up how I want it to. So I'm going to adjust how I even think about this. And so I've felt a lot of growth in my ability to like adapt to how something takes place. Like how the, you know, first it was like this bowl, is going to look probably like this. And now I'll be like halfway through a bowl and there's a giant crack in it. And it's like being able to be like, well, you know, maybe I'll, epoxy this or Leif showed me how to add like biscuits which is kind of like a stitch and um feeling like calm in that process where it's like this did not go how I wanted but this is a craft where I can still adjust and sometimes I just end up with a very tiny bowl and I think that's really cute too um so I think that's probably been a big thing for me this year like my bowls probably don't look too different than well, maybe they do, but I haven't been like pumping out a lot of bowls just cause, you know, I'll be teaching or after work, I'll be quite tired with, you know, like my hands are tired from making doors or something. Um, so I think like looking ahead, I'd want to, like, I'll probably hope to take a class at some of the other schools around the state and, you know, maybe learn some more about bowl turning, like advanced bowl turning with like, you can do like live edge pieces or um that sort but kind of in that moment where it's like I haven't done a lot of different things with my bowls it's more been like my mindset around it and even knowing I can teach so a little ambiguous of an answer but (laughs) that's cool yeah it seems like a it seems like a fulfilling uh, creative process like uh found something that you can really explore both on on multiple fronts too you know with uh having uh being able to have a process that you're in charge of and then also being able to like teach that to people i think that that's an important part of like uh becoming a well-rounded craftsperson yeah it's been cool and more recently i've been able to find 
intersections with like the wood bowl turning and then work at the cabinet shop where, you know, one is like bowls are very round <laughs> and the cabinet shop. It's a lot more square production, like, <laughs> and a lot more like dried lumber. And so it kind of was feeling separate versus recently there's been a lot more intersections of like, oh wait, I can talk about sharpening tools in both spaces and learn from mentors across the board. And, um, even thinking about like where we're getting lumber from at the cabinet shop. And that's kind of a, just a big mess right now, along with a lot of other things in general. And so learning more about how, if we use like freshly cut wood, what that process is like. And then in bold turning, you're also thinking about like freshly cut wood versus dry wood. Um, and so I think that's been part of it too, is finding some of those intersections of something I'm creating or teaching with others, but something I'm doing for work and learning. So it's nice that they're merging a little bit. Um, what, what is like the difference in, in feeling between something like, I mean, I imagine if you are, you know, working in a cabinet shop, you're kind of like hitting quotas and like pumping things out. And then on the other side, like you got into this, like strictly for enjoyment or like you wanted to side hustle or something like what, what is your like uh, mental approach look like? differ between those two mm -hmm. um i think for the cabinet shop since i you know i started there about a year ago with pretty little experience and so one i'm learning as i go from somebody else and then uh yeah also having to like meet the needs of the shop and so i have to be a lot more focused and have a lot you know like pretty good time management to switch from the tasks we got to get done in a day. Um, and I'm fortunate to work in this shop where, you know, we hope to get a lot done, but if it doesn't get done at the end of the day, it's going to be okay. <laughs> um, which I appreciate <laughs> a lot. Um, versus then when it's kind of like turning on my own, I think I sometimes lack the discipline to follow up on a project or keep adding to my own, learning just because it's you know it is on my own and like teaching keeps me going back to the space and involved in it but I think a little bit like my own personal bowl turning has not taken a sidestep but it's um I'm trying to figure out how I keep myself accountable to like going for it um and so I think that kind of differs where for me to try something new at the bowl turning isn't like a requirement it would more be like my curiosity to push me towards that and so I, like I think when I when we got started it was like I'm kind of coming out of this like winter hibernation and this is kind of on my mind too is like what would like what would help me with that encouragement like it doesn't have to come from just myself but um there's some other good friends like up in the cities who are bowl turners and it's like you know connecting with them to do some classes or yeah it's a little bit, I think. We, I've seen that or heard of that happening a lot in art too, where, you know, uh, it's easy to, to take work that looks a little bit like your art and then have that affect the, uh, the art side of things. I think that that, ha I mean, it happens to me a lot. I know, um, Zach and I were talking about that earlier today too, actually. We were. Yeah, but that's okay. <laughs> Into the void. Yeah. What were we saying? We were talking about how, um, you know, like when 
if, if, if your work shifts and it includes like a piece of your uh, art that sometimes it can compromise like the way that you're able to continue oh, creating art. Oh, I see what you say. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we were talking about that exactly. <laughs> that, that's my fault. Yeah, um, totally, completely understand, especially depending on where the space is. Like, I'm sure if uh, you were someone who had, like, your own shop, for instance, and you were both making cabinets and making bowls in there, it probably feels a little different in the space. Uh, and that's basically what happened to me is my personal studio turned into my work studio and then it was like hard to get into a creative space there for a really long time yeah well you doing the same thing too with the with teaching on the lathe then you're like okay now i'm done teaching i'll just go keep turning yeah which you know it can be done but the art goes through those fluctuations whereas something like a a teaching job is kind of more like the consistent part Mm -hmm. so it's just interesting when those those things collide Well, I'm grateful, like Jeff, who I teach with, he's really good at checking in on like, you know, you're getting to do your own turning too, right? Like he, uh, I appreciate that about him too, is that he he does check in about that. And sometimes I'm like, oh, well, no, I haven't really, you know? Mm -hmm. And so last week, finally, I did get started on this blank and Leif was showing me how to, you know, like add some biscuits, like those stitches, um, and that's where I was kind of like had that realization like, oh, it's been a minute since I've just done my own. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's going to help kickstart it, too. But. So uh, when you think about your woodworking or like where you want to go in the future with it, do you consider yourself someone who wants to be like more of a maker, someone who like design is more of a designer or like a. Uh, do you consider it like uh, something you want to do as like an art form or I guess just like kind of how do you quantify? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think um, the teaching has been a cool bit to get into because it's shown me the ways I really enjoy that and the opportunities that exist to teach, um, you know, different amounts of woodworking. And I think that's kind of what I'm drawn to recently. Um, Along with, like, it's super cool to be able to know, like, as I work in the shop and around the space, you know, I can learn how to handle different home projects or like help out a sister with something. And that's something I want to keep being able to do is just support like a space I have or other people's spaces um, or use the opportunity to teach as a way to build something for a space. You know, so I'm thinking of like if I do teach a class later in the summer with kids, like do we build raised garden beds that are used in the space? Um, so that kind of teaching that also is later brought into use or you know even like doesn't have to be a practical use it also can just be to add to a space um so that's kind of what i've been identifying which then means i just have to kind of keep i mean it'll always be learning the craft but specifically right now it's added to my level of patience to just like go with it versus right away there were a lot of questions from all the a lot of retired woodworkers being like when are you gonna open your own shop when are you gonna get going and i was like what i don't i don't think i could do that right now and so now i've kind of slowed down to be like i'm gonna learn and then hopefully i can keep teaching um yeah yeah well uh, you have a very warm and calming energy so i i think uh that makes a lot of sense for you yeah definitely it'll be fun (laughs) is there a I when when I imagine the lathe now I imagine 
always um i guess because i've seen so many metal lathes on like mm -hmm. youtube and stuff is is it a process that you're doing um by hand um like guiding this or is this like something you're doing with a like um software like what this is like all by hand more mm -hmm. so so you have the i don't know if my hands can be seen <laughs> if you if you raise them on the table okay <laughs> okay uh, but you have you know the lathe has a a bench and then there's where the chuck is and that's where your wood is attached to so as that's spinning you have your tool rest that's raised up a little bit and on that tool rest you rest the gouges or the different cutting tools um and so you're the one guiding where that's going and you have to kind of adjust the tool rest to accommodate for the turns you're creating and you also all of them in different ways you can adjust the speed so you start at slower speeds and then by the end as the bowl is more balanced, you increase the speed. But you're the one deciding like where the tool is going, how much you're like giving it pressure. And the tool you're working with mainly is called a gouge, a bowl gouge. And it's got like a, a bevel on the whole edge. So you have to carefully get like the right angle. And so a lot of learning the lathe is learning how to handle those tools. And I always tell people like, you can stop this at any time, back away, because you can get a tool caught in the bowl and it's kind of freaky. Um, but it's also nice because the lathe isn't about like carving anything the fastest or anything like that. It's like taking your time, being consistent. And once you, if you find you like the lathe, it can actually be a pretty calming activity, <laughs> is what Jeff and I find. Then you feel super cool because people are walking by and it's going, you know, a thousand rotations per minute and you're just calm <laughs> it's a it's cool to watch you, you see it spinning and somebody's there with the tool because it's a nice like big metal blade <laughs> of some kind and then just the big wood chips flying have you yeah. seen all over the place have you seen when someone's doing it with like a soft resin and it's like streamers of resin no. coming off it <laughs> looks awesome there's a show called uh making fun on netflix right now where they make things that kids come up with and there's a scene where he they're like playing this music and this it just looks like confetti shooting out <laughs> and by the end he's completely covered he looks like cousin it it's great <laughs> yeah i i what when i think about that the thing you just described what was the technology that was before i don't know if you if you know that like yeah well that's something i've been getting curious about is like like, I don't know much about how old the tool is or where it came from or what was it inspired by. Um, but I have wondered, like, how do people do it, one, without a lathe or two, one that's not electrically powered. So I have seen and there are like foot pedaled lathes um, where you're like, yeah, kind of like a sewing machine, maybe where you're pumping it. Um, so I know that that's a thing. And then people also hand carve bowls. Um, and then there was also a woodworker that taught a class on how to make a bowl with like an angle grinder. So you're just like Ooh. carving it that way. Um, but yeah, I think the foot powered lathe came before the, you know, the electronic one, <laughs> but from like how that came to be, I'm not sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm like imagining like a kick powered sewing machine a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You could do, I mean, it's a similar technology to like a, a windmill or like a flood like it's a you're turning mo 
force into rotational energy but Mm -hmm. i don't know when it would start like when it was something people decided to do because i bet they did like more traditional carving methods or like burning out the inside kind of thing yeah earlier and i went to like uh maine this summer and there was an old like ship building museum and center and they had an old like foot powered lathe there to make (laughs) spindles for the ship and that kind of thing and i was like that's awesome never thought of that (laughs) i suppose i suppose uh like a lot of those railing decorative things for houses Mm -hmm. were probably made with that so they yeah it's probably foot powered stuff or like maybe more industrial versions in some cases spaces so and when you're talking about the actual like like metal lathe apparently it was 1751 when it was invented by by someone named henry modsley (laughs) wow wow thank you here i thought someone just like put their lawnmower on their side or something (laughs) (laughs) i was thinking like pot like someone probably like it was probably made around the time like a potter's wheel was invented like that's like a similar motion Mm mm-hmm those things got to be ancient i bet we've had pottery wheels forever yeah like of course, 1781 is pretty ancient as far as I know. There's yeah. a video of a guy making a foot-powered lathe out of just like sticks in the woods. Yeah, well, I've seen some of that. Yeah, that's really cool. The yeah. rotation for the wheel, the wheel probably for the wood and the pottery, like helps you make better shapes, I think. Mm-hmm. But like otherwise, you, pro- you just would be like shaping things before. Yeah. I, I was at the museum and they used to make clay pillows. They're like gift traditions. They're like made out of like glazed, you know, pottery and they'd give them to brides and grooms on their wedding. Clay yeah. pillow. Anyway. We well, that's, I mean, like, that. like wooden spoons are a big, I mean, they're a big thing in uh, Milan. So up near Morris, every year they have an annual spoon festival, wooden spoon festival. So like spoon carvers from all across, you know. For sure the state, if not probably larger, come and share their spoons. And like spoons also used to be given to somebody as like a, you know, will you date me type of thing. Like if I make <laughs> you the best spoon. <laughs> and so like spoon carving uh, is this woodshop in the cities is called Fireweed Woodshop. And they, fe- they try to create more space for like women and non-binary makers. And they do a lot of just like spoon carving in the park because you're learning like axe work and then chisel work. Um and so I think also bowl carving is a lot of those same methods where you're working with like a fresh cut log you found and you go from that. But yeah, I feel like I have a lot more to explore on <laughs> like where that all comes from. The the rotating speeds it up a lot. That's got to be what it yeah. is. Because I actually, I took a wood shop class when I was a kid and we used the gouges to do bowls. And there was like one kid out of the crew who could finish <laughs> in the whole like... Se- the whole semester of that class or whatever because it was just like tedious there was someone who had only ever hand carved a bowl and he came for a class a couple weeks ago and he was like (laughs) it's so fast it does (laughs) but it was kind of cool for him to go from only having hand carved one to then seeing it on the wheel Awesome. honestly back. if someone made me a wooden spoon to like court me that would totally work yeah. <laughs> like yeah I, sp- yeah I didn't know you're supposed to oil and boil them did you guys know that i don't know the boiling part yeah, you're supposed to the boil part. them to get everything out of them and then oil them as like a protectant do you know the oiling part I should try mm. the boiling <laughs> cool 
Well, we should we should send this one towards getting some plugs out for the makerspace. Mm-hmm. Anything upcoming over there? Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, so this Saturday, which is going to be the Taste of Makers, which... Uh, we could have the episode. Uh, yeah, I guess we could. It's we possible. We don't have to. I, was, I should have asked that before we got started. Yeah. We I wasn't sure that. Tomorrow. It, it's, it's possible. Let's plan to try. You can shout it out anyway. Just tell, tell the people yeah. what it is. <laughs> it's also like filling up. So maybe, you know, maybe you can leave it for it went well. <laughs> Don't oil your spoon. <laughs> yeah. what, what a, it's a reoccurrence of a regular event that the Makerspace has though, right? Yes. Yeah, so they did it once in the fall. And okay. um, if this is happening before or after, it'll be okay. Because there's been a lot of like signups for it, which is good. Um, but it's a chance for people to come in for a couple hours and see a bunch of different shops and get a little bit of hands-on. I think there'll be lathe work, painting, 3D printing, ceramics. Um, so that's happening 6 to 9 on Saturday. <laughs> um, uh, sorry if we got it out too late, y'all. Yeah, but, but that's also okay because another, like, one thing that's got a lot of leeway is that we do kids' classes every Saturday, so... If I say this, it applies to any week that this is out. So the kids' classes, I think, probably want some of the big promotion, too. It happens every week, 10 to 12. And they ask people to register before. Like, you can go online to check out what classes are going on. Um, So there's, like, self-portraits, like, found object sculptures. And the goal is really to get kids to have, like, hands-on time with a lot of the tools or different crafts there. And then there's like teachers from the makerspace that are giving the classes, but also just from around the community. Um, there's a few uh, former guests that'll be featured on that. Correct. Yeah. It's getting a lot of teachers involved, which is cool. And it's like a paid opportunity to teach, which I think is also really a cool chance to have for artists. Um, I got to substitute teach for a potato stamping class, which was a lot of fun. So that'll be on going every saturday awesome and yeah. makerspace always does uh you can sign up for memberships and stuff on their website or they have regular occurring events so yeah uh, they post about those on their facebook page and stuff yeah and there's most classes are held weekly so you can always check those out and if anyone's ever like not been down there but they don't want to fully commit to a class you can just come in and look at everything before you decide you want to go for one of them yeah, they're yeah. super cool over there. Go say hi. I might be there now, too. Yes. And you don't have to get two stitches when you first start going. That was just a, <laughs> hopefully a one-time thing for me. So here we go. Uh, but, yeah. it, but if it happens, you'll be surrounded by helpful yeah, we'll people. <laughs> it's better than bleeding out in your own garage, probably. Yeah. I Correct. Mean, <laughs> let's not. <laughs> yes. They're definitely going to want me to come back on here more since now I've told them that you could possibly cut your finger. No, they've, all safety things are followed. That was a personal bad call. Yeah, Makerspace you know, handled it well. You're working with a uh, dan- uh, potentially dangerous tools. Yeah. That's, that is what we talk about in the shops. It's yeah. just like people, it's uh, yeah, good to respect the power of the tools. No matter yeah. what shop you're working at. So I got full respect for the bandsaw now. 
Anyways. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, it was uh it's always great to talk to uh makerspace representatives and <laughs> learn more about uh bandsaws and lathes and all about everything and your work too. So thanks yeah, for coming on. Thanks for letting me share. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Bye. 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 Bye.